Hi, this is Dave Denton of Dave's Voice Works and Radio Guy Reflections and TurnbuckleTrash.net. Two great podcasts, one about professional wrestling and one about radio. And it's all on Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, here's a great way to make a podcast. Use Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast because, hey, it's free. And they give all the creation tools that allow you to record and edit any podcast you'd like to do right from your computer. Use Anchor. Anchor, the best way to podcast and the best way to listen to Turnbuckle Trash or Radio Guy Reflections. This is Radio Guy Reflections. 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 Open your ears real wide and say, Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. So, you guys hear anything good on the radio lately? On November the 2nd, 1920, the first radio station, KDKA of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, signed on the air. Over the years, radio has changed from radio dramas and live performances to the age of the disc jockey. From the man many believe popularized the term rock and roll, Alan Freed, and legendary radio personalities like Wolfman Jack, Dick Clark, Charlie Tuna, Don Imus, and the men who made talk radio what it is today, Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck. Hi, I'm Dave Denton. I'm a radio guy, and even went by that name on the air in Missouri. I'm a radio veteran who started spinning records in 1974 and have seen the industry change from 45s to LPs, carded music, CDs, and now music on hard drives. In this podcast, We'll take a look back, not only at my career, but other men and women who have worked in radio entertaining you. This is Radio Guy Reflections. Welcome everyone to Radio Guy Reflections. I'm Dave Dedden, also known as The Radio Guy. And this is brought to you by Dave's Voice Works. Commercials, liners, voice tracking for radio stations, and narration for any project you might have. Plus, Dave's Voice Works provides a radio consulting service with a huge difference. That difference is listening. Not cookie-cutter radio, but a consulting service that improves your station by being a unique but professional product that doesn't solely rely on cookie-cutter ideas. And coming soon, our website, daysvoiceworks.com, or email me anytime at daysvoiceworks at gmail.com. Works is spelled W-O-R-X. Check out past editions of Radio Guy Reflections on most major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Newscast, Pocket Bean, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. Past podcasts include Southern California legend Jim Jimmer Dillman, Utah Sportscaster of the Year Scott Gerard, and one of Salt Lake City's most popular female announcers, announcers uh, Rebecca Cressman. There's even a podcast where I'm being interviewed about my career in radio. Today's guests are a morning team at Mix 1075 in Clovis, New Mexico. The team is on the air and in life, a married couple, KT and Carrie Kelly. And welcome to Radio Guy Reflections, guys. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Good to be on. Uh, you know, I, I thought it would be kind of interesting first to talk about the two of you. Now, I've known KT for several years. Uh, he, I was broadcasting from the hallway at the Cash Valley Media Group. Uh, yes, the new ownership that moved my radio station to two banquet tables in the hallway for a while while they built the studio, and that took almost three years to do. KT and I have uh, some similar interests. We both love classic cars and professional wrestling. KT, looking back on those years when I was in the hallway and you guys would come out and catch me singing to the songs, Kind of embarrassing, but also kind of fun, man. 
Oh, that, I, you did it. You did it us a little bit. I, I do remember that because I was with you. I worked with you a couple different times. So yeah, yeah that is back in the day. I remember you're out in the hallway. So that's that's funny. That was uh, those were good times, man. Yeah, they they really were. We we all had a uh, a real good uh, rapport between us. And uh, you were on VFX, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was at the top 40 station, you know, current music, and yeah. uh, I was just getting in. That was actually my first job off of, like, being an intern type thing. So um, very, very green, very new to the business, but uh, a good time. Learned a lot up there. Yeah. Now, Carrie, I don't know you quite as well. I mean, I've, I've talked to you. I've seen you I'm on the Facebook page with you. Let's find out about you. Carrie, where, you, where were you born and raised? I was actually uh, pretty much born and raised in Utah, in uh, Salt Lake, mm-hmm. um, West Jordan specifically. But yeah, kind of born and raised in Utah, and uh, yeah, that's basically. I didn't leave the kind of Salt Lake metro area until KT and I got married, and we moved up to Logan. Oh, that you were married when you you lived in Lo- uh, here in Logan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We had just been married a little over a year when we moved up there. Hmm. So I want to know how you guys met and how was that courtship? Now, KT, let let Carol, uh, Carrie tell that because mm, she'll she'll remember more than you, you know. Right, and she'll tell it how it is. Uh, you know, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. She'll she'll she it up. <laughs> she, she's just going to shovel the manure right after for y'all. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we met actually through my brother-in-law, now ex-brother-in-law, but uh, KT was actually working for him. He was uh, his supervisor and uh, just kind of, you know, decided, hey, you know, I've got this friend from work and I know you just got out of a relationship. Do you guys want to like at least hang out and that kind of thing? And it was really, and I didn't know this at the time, but really from my end of the thing, I was like, yeah, I'm in no mood to be dating anybody. I'm in no mood. Like, let's, I'll be his friend. That's fine. But this is as far as it's going to go. And, uh, well, yeah, that changed because, you know, we've been married almost 13 years now. Oh, that is incredible. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, radio uh, because, uh, KT, you've been doing morning radio off and on uh, since you started uh, in radio and uh, but I wanted to know when Carrie decided that she was going to give this this business a try I actually um it was at VFX um KT used to do a like evening uh, Friday night mix show or whatever and so for weeks on end I would ask him hey you know do you have anybody that is DJing that and he's like no go ahead you know it's kind of that pre-produced uh, show anyways, and you can just kind of, you know, do a little bit of a, a show if you want. And so that's really when I started uh, trying to put kind of a little bit of a show together. It was like an hour and a half or two hours on a Friday night or whatever. And uh, kind of caught the bug from there. And then, you know, worked in the radio station doing anything. I was receptionist, doing, you know, helping out traffic, helping out billing, just anywhere that I could kind of, you know, get my feet wet. Then I got into uh, promotions and then came over when I really started doing on-air full-time. I started doing it as the news reporter, um, actually for the same station that we're on right now, Mix 107.5, and doing that and then kind of worked my way in with their morning show. And then, um, yeah, so just kind of caught the bug there and basically have been doing mornings for the most part of uh, my career as well. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And like I said, I did listen to a little bit of your show this morning, and I know there, there's talking. a there. <laughs> you you know you sounded great. I mean, there's an obvious chemistry with the husband and wife. Uh, I wanted to play a little bit of a clip this morning that I I I got off uh, your streaming service at Mix 107.5, and and that you were talking about birthdays, and it went from the the model actor Fabio. And it morphed into a discussion about a circus. And here's that clip from uh, this morning's uh, radio show on Mix 107.5. Old and we don't do the morning show anymore. We're going to go on the circus tour together. Uh, No. No. You don't think? No. You have fun with that. (laughs) Good luck. I'll be praying for you. (laughs) Okay. Carrie, you're afraid of clowns? I am. They are, I, since I was a kid, I've never, when my sister, when I was really young, my sisters were babysitting me and they let me watch the movie It. 
And uh, ever since then, I've not been able to be okay with clowns. <laughs> that is fantastic. Or Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Every time we pass by McDonald's, she goes into a fetal position. I do. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, uh, watching uh, some old Bozo the Clown the TV shows, that's out of the question, I guess. So. Very much so, yes. <laughs> so so uh, we're going to talk a little bit before we get into the radio show I know you guys have a child. Uh, how old is uh, is your child now? He is four going on 37. <laughs> or that's his attitude anyways. He is four. <laughs> and, and since we're friends on Facebook, uh, I have really enjoyed over the last little while, you're showing videos and pictures. And what's the little boy's name again? Uh, his, his, his name is Nash. Okay, Nash. As in Nash Rambler, I suppose. Yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. You know, get that classic car going in there. Uh, I've enjoyed watching yeah. him bowling. I mean, it is so much fun to watch this young boy as he gets to the ball. And I think there was one where KT was helping him learn how to throw the ball and the joy that comes in his face and he's jumping around. To me, that's what Facebook is for. I love that kind of video. And I thank you for sharing that. It, it was awesome. Yeah, well, and I appreciate that you enjoy the videos. I know sometimes as a parent, you know, I want to post everything I can about him and, and whatnot. And so I appreciate that uh, you're enjoying those videos because, man, he is a bowler. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now Nash has a, a medical issue that I, I, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, when did you find out uh, he is autistic? We found out... Um, about a month and a half before his third birthday. Mm-hmm. Were there telltale signs that you could you could tell us about that might be help another parent? There were, um, and and you know when we got the diagnosis, and and anybody that's gone through autism can probably tell you the same thing, or a, a medical diagnosis that you've had suspicions. When you get that diagnosis, it's not necessarily a shock to you, but it's validating how you've been feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are, you know, for Nash specifically, you know, he, he crawled late. Um, he walked late. His motor skills were behind. Um, there was a lot of food aversions that we were noticing. There was, he had a different pitch in his cry. I was say, even a distinct cry, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounded different than other kids that you hear around the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so really about, I mean, honestly, from about six months on, I started noticing just these little kind of telltale signs that something was just a little different. Hmm. And uh, KT, uh, when you find out something like that about your own child, that's got to be a a little bit uh, disheartening, but also I can see the joy in your face when you're with these videos about how important that young man is to you personally. And I think that's just incredible. He is. I mean, you know, the, the first thing that goes through my mind is I just, I'm, I, I'm trying to help. I don't know how to help him, and I want to be able to help him through, you know, each day. Yeah. Then the next thing is like, you know, then you go into father mode. It's like, you know, he, I hope he's able to, and I know he's going, but it's going to be hard for him to take care of a family, a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard enough to do it, you know. Normally, and I hate to say normal, I hate using that word, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, it's it's hard enough to go through and and do and feel like you're being a good father and taking care of what you need to um, without having that kind of um, disability, I guess. And so, yeah, that goes through my mind. But then, you know, I'm right back into it. He, As you see, he's attached to bowling, and I mean, the kids are rolling 100 plus games now at four and a half years old. Wow. With no, yeah, with no bumpers. And so, He's obviously found something that he knows and loves and has gravitated toward, and, and I think God, you know, blessed him with that so that maybe he may not be good at some other things, but he can make a, a living at that or do something with that. And so mm-hmm. there's, it, it, there's, always a, there's always something behind, uh, you know, that, that God has in mind for somebody. Uh, that is true. So, Carrie, as, as the mother of an autistic child, uh, there are certain things that uh, come to my mind that I, I would like to talk to you about the care that, you know, the, the women, you know, they're, whether it's, uh, you know, one of those cliches or not, they're more the caregivers. Uh, how difficult yeah. has it been for you personally? Uh, maybe not even difficult at all to give that extra care that he deserves. 
You know, and you've hit me on the week that we are still struggling through that um, because there are weeks on end um, where you're so consumed by, you know, it, raising a toddler is hard enough, mm-hmm. and raising a toddler with special needs is even harder. And it takes literally every single ounce because things that you necessarily wouldn't think of, a four-year-old, a neurotypical four-year-old, you're not going to have to keep locks on the front door that are out of his reach because they typically probably wouldn't gravitate towards running into the street or gravitating towards water. Well, autistics do. And so it's those little things that you constantly have to be thinking of, you know, even to take a run to the bathroom really quick. I constantly am in my mind thinking, okay, he's stable he's you know either eating a snack or with his tablet or there's something occupying his mind so that i can have these four little seconds that i can run in and use the restroom really quick without worrying that he's going to take a bolt out to the street that that just uh it's it's incredible what you guys are going through and i i can hear it in both of your voices right now how much you care not only about nash but I hear how much you care about each other when you're on the air, and uh, and and that's got to be something special. That when when this became a morning team, as as a husband and wife team, there's got to be special considerations about how you're going to handle uh, time off, how you're going to handle illnesses. Uh, was this kind of the discussion that you had with the management when this was all decided? Yeah, and, and, you know, we're, we're extremely blessed to have an owner and management that puts family first, and that was always his philosophy. I mean, we've worked for him twice now, and um, that has always been his philosophy is that family first. And, you know, we all come to do our jobs. We all do our work, but family first. And so we've been blessed, you know, if there are mornings that Nash is having a rougher morning and needs mommy or, you know, I need to go because my mom watches him while we're here doing the show. And so there's some mornings that I have to kind of take off. And so we've been able to, you know, KT can take the lead and, you know, kind of keep the show running until I can get back. Um, you know, and, and we've been extremely blessed to have a owner that has allowed us to do these kinds of things. Well, I, I like what you guys were doing this morning when I was listening in because it's bright, it's up-tempo, but I, I think the thing that I think sets a morning radio team apart is being real. And I could tell that you guys were talking with each other, you were jiving with each other, you were insulting each other a little bit at times, but it was all done with that tongue-in-cheek, like, you know what, this is my husband, this is my wife, and uh, it was it was real, and that's that's one of the things I think sometimes radio, especially morning teams, forget is about being real and telling that story, like you told about the the the, the circus. And I laughed out loud when you said to KT, uh, "I'll be praying for you." <laughs> that was that was so funny, and I, I appreciate the realness you guys put into your show. Thank you, thank you, and that's kind of you know. I don't know if it was something 20 years ago that was even in radio or thought of, but that's, I don't know what I gravitated toward when I first came into the business. It's just, I wanted to be me. I didn't want to put on a show. I, uh, well, you know, I wanted to obviously a show, but I didn't want to be fake on the air. Um, what you, what you get is what you get. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it's worked for me. You know, I, I've been, I've had a pretty successful career and, um, and not, not to boast or be egotistical or anything, but I've, I've done pretty good. And, um, hopefully brought smiles to folks' faces and stuff. And so, I don't know. I think it was just kind of being myself, and Carrie's always been that way. Yeah. <laughs> I wear my heart on you, so. Yeah. So, I think when we got put together, and gosh, it's only been, what, two years now? Yeah. Really, we've only had a morning show two years, um, Dave. And so, and if you had asked me, you know, three years ago, I always said I didn't want to do mornings. I didn't want to do mornings. I just, I liked being an afternoon guy, afternoon jock or whatever. And so... Um, but I enjoy it. I, it's, it's a different, it's a different beast and it's something I'm still learning every day, but I, I really enjoy doing the show, especially with Carrie, with my wife. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. That, that is awesome. When I started radio way back when, you know, <laughs> I was 1974, you know, I'm an old dude, but, uh, when I started and I was in high school, 
I remember telling people, I'll never do morning radio. Well, within two years, I'm doing morning radio in Rexburg, Idaho, and I think I was doing it all the way until the very end of my career back in January. But uh, you just never know where life is going to take you. There are certain positives about being that morning radio personality. I hate the word disc jockey, uh, but yeah. that that morning announcer, that that morning friend, that I think mornings gives an announcer more of an opportunity to be real and and to tell that story. Not only of you know, I always tell people when they're learning about doing radio, you got to learn how to tell the story not only of the song, but you're telling the radio story of the radio station. You're telling the ra- mm-hmm. the story of uh, you know the advertisers. You're telling the story of the music. And you're putting on a, a program that makes people smile and know that life is going to go on despite the, the, the restrictions that we're on. I wanted to ask you, too, how you handled the past year with the COVID-19 and all the restrictions. Ooh, that is... <laughs> That has definitely been interesting, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that, that's the subject. We, uh, we, we actually left where we are now. We, we left um, prior to the pandemic to take an opportunity in southern Utah for a, a, bigger, um, you know, a bigger market. We wanted to have the ability to do mornings together, and so we were able to team yeah. up and, and do our morning show together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took that opportunity, and then, gosh, what? Eight months into it, maybe something like that? No, it was just shy of a year, actually. We were about a few weeks just shy of the year point that we had been with that company. And then uh, COVID hit. COVID hit at that point. So um, we started riding, you know, we rode the month or two out, started looking like it was something might happen. And obviously you hope it doesn't, and you're expecting it not. But when, you know, you get pulled in and HR is sitting there, and you're like, oh, well, here we go. So (laughs) we, uh, we got laid off. Um, from that position and from that show, um, which is interesting because, you know, as, you, as you're hearing, we're a morning team. We're, our income is linked together. Right. Yes. Uh, we both got laid off at the same time, obviously, oh. and our insurance was, you know, going to be ending at that month. We have an autistic child who has eye issues as well and has a lot of medical uh, needs, and so the first thought that runs through your mind is, oh, what do we do? What do we do? We have no income. I mean, you know, you've got unemployment and that kind of thing, but, uh, you know, you really realize how am I going to take care of our family now? And it worked out that you went back to to Clovis, New Mexico shortly thereafter? Yeah, yeah, you know, we did. We uh, And I was going to add this in there. You know, as, as I'm sitting there, I'm wondering, you know, do I do radio anymore? Um is this the end of the line? Because it's we had so many of our friends that had been laid off too. Um, mm-hmm. COVID just rampaged radio like crazy. Just there was no reason for anybody to advertise. They're they're just they're, everybody was closed down. Yeah. Um, with lockdowns, you know, there's no restaurants aren't open. So why do restaurants advertise? And that's you know. So now I'm starting to wonder what do I do? And we I started looking at other opportunities, maybe opening a a business up, you know, I'm into cars and doing detailing on classic cars and stuff like that. And it just didn't quite pan out. Um, I mean, we were literally, it was a, the final week of our unemployment, um, you know, kicking in and, and then Duffy calls us from here to, to come back to Clovis. So um, stars aligned on that one. And we were blessed to, to get that call to come back. Now I'm, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to tell us, what is great about Clovis, New Mexico? Uh, I know it's got to be beautiful if it's in New Mexico. Well, it's um, we're actually on the eastern part of the state, and so if you've ever been to, like, Lubbock, Texas, you know, West Texas, Amarillo, um, it is basically that. It is flat. Um, it is dry and a little bit of humid. Uh, it kind of depends. It's the weirdest thing because you can have weeks where you're – it is so dry, and then weeks where it is so humid, and it rains every day. Um, but there's, as far as aesthetically, probably not the prettiest place in the world to live. <laughs> it, but it's how you look at it. I mean, it, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, pretty to me is a flat farmland with winds, windmills in the background. You can see an old farm, uh, you know, barn and stuff back there. That's Clovis. Um, there's so many cool, and the history in this town, too. 
and you're going to appreciate this, Dave, is that this is the recording where Buddy Holly came and recorded. All right. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of history here. Um, you know, the day the music died, all four of those guys came through and, and recorded in our town. In fact, it's four blocks up the road from our studio here. So um, we got the Rock and Roll Museum here in town, which is it's just really really cool. So there's there's that kind of a tie that makes this this town cool and. Um, you know, obviously in Lubbock, that, that's big Buddy Holly land over there, and so they'd come over here to record as well. And so just kind of cool that way, a um, lot, lot of history that way. And what's the population base in that area? Um, our, our city or our county proper, we're probably about 50,000, mm-hmm. um, but we've got kind of neighboring. What makes up eastern New Mexico is Probably, and we've got Cannon Air Force Base out here, and so with all of the airmen, we're probably pushing a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's very similar to Logan, but we have the university than uh, than you know, the Air Force Base, which is closer to Ogden. So it's kind of cool to find out about other areas. And yeah, you know, I'm a big rock and roll guy, and uh, hearing Buddy Holly and all that story there about your museum, and if I ever make it, you know, you're going to take me on a tour. You know that, don't you? You yeah. got it, man. You, you have to. Absolutely. It is, it is a really cool. I think I really do. I think you'd like it down here. And then, you know, make your way into Lubbock, too, because there's a lot of rock and roll history there, Richie Valance and all that. So, yeah, very cool. Okay. Now, let's talk about your morning show. Uh, how do you prepare uh, every day? Do you have what in the industry? Do you have benchmarks that you that you shoot for? Do you have certain types of uh, subject that you're going to talk about? Or do you go in there and decide uh, what what is going to be that morning's radio show? How do you uh, prepare for that? Uh, I'll let Carrie kind of start off, but uh, she does quite a bit on her side. Yeah, I mean, and we've got a few, like, key, you know, on Wednesdays we play games, and, you know, on Thursdays KT does his terrible jokes. And so <laughs> we've got a bunch of parts that are, you know, throughout the week. But for the majority of it, you know, I like to keep up on what's happening in the world. And so we do each morning, each night before I go to bed, and in the morning there, you know, before the show, I'm looking at all the different sites to kind of figure out, you know, maybe what's trending, what's what's happened overnight in the world, in the pop world. You know, we're a pop music station, and so uh, I try to kind of blend those two. And then as far as things that we talk about – you know, it, it's, you know, KT seeing something as he's scrolling to social media. We have a little messenger chat in our Facebook pages that we'll just send stories to each other and uh, kind of weed them out, you know, which ones we want to talk about that morning or, you know, kind of which way we want to go. Um, obviously, if there's something happened personally, um, you know, we, we love talking about that, sharing stuff with Nash and that kind of thing. You know, I think that's so important that people find out that they they become – your friends, even though you don't ever really get to meet them very, very often anyway, that uh, somebody gets very comfortable by by hearing your personal stories without, you know, getting too deep into some of the things. But when you talk about your child, Nash, I'm sure that that's when you get a lot of responses uh, from people that go through the, the same struggles or are different struggles. Have you found that? Than we are. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we get people coming like, oh, I heard about you, Nash, and they're talking to him, and he's like, what? So, <laughs> uh, but no, we, yeah, it, it's very cool that way. So it, it, it's awesome having those friends, and that's, you know, that's when I started this business. I just wanted to, I was hoping it would get to that point and have relationships with, with listeners like that. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad that's kind of panning out and, and, and has been. So it, it's very cool. Now, being a, uh, a a morning team that is married, you talked a little bit about having that joint income. And when you lost your job in in southern uh, uh, southern Utah, uh, are there other difficulties that uh, you guys have to to talk about? I mean, honestly, you know, how do you go on the on the radio if you've had a little tiff, you know, the night before or a little disagreement? Uh, how how do you guys handle that kind of thing? seconds or 10 seconds before the song ends and we're supposed to go on and do something and we did disagree <laughs> to the point where we didn't want to 
we didn't want to look at each other. There has been <laughs> there has been times where when we are not on the radio talking with each other, we've not talked to each other in the studio, and then we go after the show all day not talking. Yeah. And so yeah, that is a little bit difficult, but you, it's almost like flipping a switch. Like you know, whatever is going on personally is stuff that one you don't want aired out on the radio, right. and so. <laughs> Um, but you know, the listeners don't care if you're having a bad day, you're there to cheer them up. And so, uh, none of that matters. And so it almost needs that switch to be flipped. And fortunately, even when we're mad at each other, we've been able to, uh, communicate with each other. And so even if we want to kill each other and won't talk to each other when we're not on the radio, when we're on the radio, I think there's that mutual respect for each other that we know we've got to get through this and it's our job to make sure the listeners aren't going what in the world is wrong with those two i just make sure i have a really a really large shoe fund for her (laughs) (laughs) so so you're into the shoes so how many pairs of shoes do you have come on you know i've i've actually i've gotten less and less um as nash has gotten older i've gotten a little bit more obsessed with buying him shoes than Uh i have myself so, because those shoes are so cute. Oh, my gosh. The little guy's shoes are so dang cute. And so, um, I don't know. I've maybe got 30 pairs at max. Double that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we know we know Carrie's into the shoes, but how much car stuff do you have? I mean, are you collecting parts? Are you collecting models? Or do you collect cars? Dude, I, I have parts for cars I don't even have. That's true. I have, I have I have a pair of doors for a 55 Chevy. I don't even have the car anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, yeah, and I've got buckets of stuff, but, uh, of course, I'll never use again. I don't know why I'm keeping them, but, uh, you know, it's, and yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it's, one of, it's a hobby of mine, I guess. So. Well, you know, my wife puts up with my hobby. I collect comic books and superhero stuff. I mean, I've got a whole room full of action figures. I mean, literally a room full of action figures and comic books. So I, you know, there, there's that little, little thing there that, that we all of married couples have to go through. So, uh, so guys the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you what the oldest comic book you have. I have a couple from back in the fifties. I don't have anything that would, you would say, Oh, that, that, you know, that's extremely valuable. Uh, no, I don't yeah. have that. I have, and the comp, you know, collectors, people that collect things know that the collector's market has been down for several years now, but I do it because I enjoy reading the comic books. And on one hand, I'm superhero guy, Batman, especially. And uh, then I also uh, like KT. I enjoy professional wrestling and KT, you, you got to see my collection of, of uh, wrestling figures and autographs and, and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I love my pro wrestling, and you've got to be on pro on my uh, turn, turnbuckle trash with us sometime to talk about the wrestling. I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Facebook. I'm on your your group page there. I didn't realize you had that much uh, wrestling memorabilia. That's cool. Oh, I just uh, hung up a uh, an autograph that was given to me from superstar Bill Dundee and the Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant, and uh, cool. recently, uh, you know, we've been working uh, with some uh, people out of Salt Lake City that have a new promotion called uh, uh, Devotion Championship Wrestling and one called Dive. And they have a southern Utah wrestler that lives in St. George that comes up all the time. And uh, he uh, he goes by the name of Tombstone Jesus. And uh, <laughs> what a great guy. He wrestles a lot in Utah and also in Southern California in the Barso area. And a great guy. He lives in St. George. And uh, I, I consider him a friend now. So, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet a few wrestlers. I met uh, Vince Russo recently. Uh, you know, remember him from okay. the Monday Night Wars, yeah. and yeah, really? it, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. That is too cool. But yeah, I'd love to come on the show. That'd be great. Well, we'll we'll get you. I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna we'll get you on. But I want you to to tell uh, about your favorite wrestler right now. Um, I think right now, I don't know that I've got, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think I like MJF and that he's on a new startup promotion, AEW. Oh yeah. I um, love that stuff. I just like how he's, how he's conducting himself. He gets it. He's old school just enough, but it's not like obnoxious and cheesy. Um, he, he gets how to read the crowd, how to, you know, pause when he needs to take in the moment. And then, cause I think it's just too quick. 
young kids are just moving too quick. They're not stopping to take in what they need to and to, to feel the crowd. And to, I mean, for what there is, there's not a lot out there right now. But um, it's just uh, he gets it. He gets the psychology, and I really like MJF right now. Now, speaking of AEW, Kerry, you're probably yawning right now. But uh, uh, speaking of AEW, when the COVID-19 hit, the same night that the NBA uh, shut down with Rudy Gobert coming out that he had COVID-19 while uh, they were on the road and everything just went crazy. That night, uh, AEW was doing an event in West Valley at the Maverick Center. And uh, there's a scene in there where the inner circle had attacked uh, the Hardy Boys and they have some ambulance personnel there. And a couple of people from Salt Lake Wrestling were there. Manny Lemons, his wife, Rekha Tahaka, and uh, Marty Daniels, who uh, has wrestled a couple of times on AEW, were all part of this this crew. So I love talking professional wrestling. And, dude, we're going to get you on this this podcast soon because that, that's going to be a lot of fun, talking wrestling. I love that. I love that. Thank you. It's yeah. funny you actually mentioned that uh, that night because we still lived in uh, St. George at the time, and KT had been talking to me for weeks about wanting to go up and, and uh, see that show. And, unfortunately, just with everything kind of happening, and you like you said, you know, with the NBA announcing that uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID, and he just wasn't able to get up, and he was so – bombed that he could not get up there to see the show wasn't there a big snowstorm that that night Dave? Mm-hmm. uh no was that, that was that was a little bit earlier uh when that? monday night raw was coming into salt lake city and there was oh, this huge yeah. yeah with a huge snowstorm that hit like on sunday and monday and basically yeah. salt lake city was shut down but uh since most of the wrestlers had already had been in salt lake city uh overnight they decided to have the show anyway and you know that uh, that the the Vivid Smart Home Arena, which holds around eighteen, nineteen thousand people, was sold out. Utah wrestling fans came out, and it made national news that here are these people that are snowed in. But boy, they didn't. They wanted to see their wrestling, and they saw a great show. It was a good one that night. Well, I tell you, I mean, Salt Lake's always been huge for wrestling. I know we're getting way off of radio here, but, um, I mean, I remember being when Goldberg debuted WCW on Nitro. So it's it's always been a huge wrestling uh, community. People don't realize that. They think it's Southern wrestling and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, but no, I mean, Utah Salt Lake, they love the wrestling up there. Oh, yeah, they do. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm real quick, <laughs> my, my, co- my uh, co-host on Turnbuckle Trash, Zane Peterson, was actually at the show when Bill Goldberg made his de- national TV debut in Salt Lake City, and we talk about that quite a bit. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so. it was an amazing moment. It was an amazing night. It was very cool. And then when he came back, um, you know, again, a couple years later, something like maybe a year later, uh, he came back or returned to wrestling back in that same arena. So it's pretty cool. Back to the, I call it the East Center. But <laughs> yeah. I what they call it. East Center, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very cool. So the big question is, Kerry, do you watch professional wrestling with him? You know, I actually uh, grew up watching wrestling. I yes. loved it. Um, I Stone Cold Steve Austin was my guy. Like, I loved it. I watched it with my brother. And, I, I mean, even when we were dating, um, you know, kind of like the Randy Orton era. Uh-huh. Was, I really no, Randy Orton. <laughs> I have to hear his name again. <laughs> it was all about that. <laughs> oh. um, but, yeah, it's since. Since, you know, the last few years, I kind of stopped watching it. Every now and again, like, if it's on, I won't necessarily, you know, not watch it, but I don't sit down and watch it with him much anymore. <laughs> yeah, my wife has been that way, but she got into Orange Cassidy on AEW, so oh, yeah. really love Orange Cassidy. Well, let's get oh, back. Yeah, he's, he's great. Let's get back into radio. Uh, so you guys doing a pop music uh, format. Uh, where you're at. Who are the big artists that you guys play? You know, we've got, like, uh, Bruno Mars. You know, obviously, we play, like, the really, really new stuff, all the new artists, but kind of the core artists are, you know, Adele and Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran, that kind of thing. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. <laughs> still? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's you know, still. He's researched, man. He uh, He's stopped peeing on the side of walls. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's good for him. He found the, found the but no, he's he's kind of turned himself around. I think he's like going to church. He's a Christian now. He's um, married, and does he have a kid? No, no kids. No they've, kids they've made it clear they have no kids yet. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean the little 
the little tongs, the little snot nose. He's not a snot nose kid anymore, so he's uh, he's kind of growing up a little bit. Now I'm going to ask you something about pop music uh, today. Do they still sample a lot of older songs to to, to give them a beat or something? They do a lot of that still. Uh, you get that a little bit. It's nothing like it used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. in the '90s, early 2000s, that was every song. It seemed like every song they were you know sampling something out of the '50s, '60s, '70s, something. Now you're you're getting a little bit. You know, maybe I don't know one or two songs out of every twenty or that way. Okay. And then. Um, but uh, a lot of unique sounds are coming out. Like they're trying to, they're trying to make their own and mold their own sound. Uh, Bruno Mars, I think he does something similar to people think that he's sampling, but you know he's very '70s sounding, very Motown. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which I think is cool. He's got kind of a, a song out now. He just sang it on the Grammys last night. Um, I'm not I'm sure, or I don't know when you're going to air this. He just sang it on the Grammys. And so, um, and it's, it's kind of got that '70s vibe for sure. He was dressed up in the in the in the outfits and everything. So, sampling probably not so much anymore. So, you know, when you mentioned people like Bruno Mars and Pitbull, I got to say, I'm kind of a fan of both of those. I, I like their sound. So, I, I'm not that old that I can't appreciate some of the newer music, but some of it I kind of go, okay, you know, it's not not my thing. But especially hip hop, I'm not much into hip hop at all. So. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop, hip hop has changed. It's, it, it, I don't know. I, and it, maybe it's just when I was growing up, things are different. When you're growing up, you accept it more. But it just seemed like it wasn't as nasty, I guess. Yeah. As what yeah. they're doing now, um, that's always kind of had an edge to it. But it just seems like now it's just it's gone over the edge. It's gone over the line. And it's just not good music to listen to. So uh, you you were talking about the Grammys. Uh, and I haven't watched the Grammys in years because I thought the Grammys became more of a a critic's choice and instead of a a fan's choice. Is it still that way? Very much so. I think you know it's it's who's it's kind of always been who's popular, but yeah, it seems like it's really only a group of three or four artists that ever win anything. Um, you have the People's Choice Awards, and I think that opens up a lot more, and that's why you hear a lot of artists that win, you know, a lot of different artists that will win that one. You're like, oh, wow, they won over, you know, Adele, or they won over whoever. Um, it's And then it's a shock, but that's because the people are choosing it. But, yeah, it, it's pretty critic-driven, for sure. Okay, a question that is Grammy-related, but also professional wrestling-related. I'm sure you watched the Grammys last night, and Bad Bunny performed. Did he have his 24-7 WWE 24-7 championship belt with him like he did on Saturday Night Live? That's what I got to know. I didn't even know he was still the 24-7 7-11 champion. I have yeah. no idea. The, the, the 24-7 7-11 European, uh, you know, R-Truth, uh-huh. he, he, he does a great job with that. But, yeah, he I think he still is, and they're setting him up for uh, he's going to be in WrestleMania, I bet against none other than The Miz. And I love The Miz now. Yeah, The Miz is good. The Miz is good as well. I mean, I have to I have to make a confession. I'm, I've just fallen off the WWE train for a little bit. Just it, it, is, it got so bad and so cheesy there for a while. I just couldn't. And when it, AEW launching up, I thought, okay, let me give these guys a shot. And so, but I, I check in every once in a while. But, yes, The Miz is good. R-Truth is cool over on that side. Oh, yeah. I think they've got some good stars over there, too, for sure. So let's get back into your radio show a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm always interested in seeing what a radio station does in a smaller market. And that, that's been the highlight of my career is working more in smaller markets, medium-sized markets, and how they become part of the community. What kind of things is your radio group or stations doing to become part of your community in New Mexico? I mean, our our owners, so they bought uh, this group of radio stations. They own four total, and uh, they bought it in 2002. And so they've worked really hard to make sure that our group of radio stations are the known ones. You know, if, if the city needs an event or is doing an event, we're the stations they team up with. If the, you know, whatever, anything that's going on needs to be announced or whatever, our group of radio stations are the ones that people come to to, you know, get that information out. Or, you know, like last few weeks ago we had um, a pretty big, uh, you know, weather thing going on, and it affected, you know, with 
the power grid and having the streetlights go on. So we had the police chief over here uh, on the radio with us. And so we've, they've worked really hard as a company to um, make sure that we are the community station as far as getting information out, being entertaining. We have content. You know, we're not just playing the music. We are providing an entirety of services for the community. That that makes me so happy because I think it's been lost a lot because of something that I'm trying to do now is consulting radio stations. But I, my my work with consultants has not been positive because they're doing cookie cutter radio as far as I, I'm concerned. Uh, when you guys listen to other stations when you are traveling or maybe other stations that get into your market, do you find that they've lost that, that local edge sometimes? That obviously your ownership is looking for that local edge, and I, I appreciate that. How are the other stations doing that get into your market? Um, we, yeah, in fact, I mean, our, our direct competition, they're live for four hours a day, and that's it. Uh, um, so I think that there's an afternoon guy that goes live, which is so funny to me. He's, they call it the afternoon drive, but he does it from 3 to 4.30. And so, oh, okay. That's not, that's not really, yeah. So, uh, and that's it. He's up for an hour and a half live, and then they're back into a satellite show, which they, they catch, you know, national programming. Um, and it's just you, you can't have the local vibe. You can't have anything. You can't have that feel to it. Um, and, the, and the morning show is just kind of, you know, it's there. It doesn't – I got I to gotta plug us a little bit more. I think we have a lot more fun on ours. And so – um, but no, I mean, honestly, the, the only other station that's in town is, is a complete jukebox, no DJs at all. Wow. And so when it comes to local and live, you know, we kind of lead that way. And, and it's always been, as Kerry said, our owner's mentality and, uh, to do that and his philosophy to say, you know, we're, we're going to be the, the most local, live, fun, energetic radio group in town. And hopefully that, you know, brings people on. You know what? That that makes me so happy today because I've always thought that the way uh, radio is going to combat, uh, you know, satellite radio and Sirius, Sirius and all the you know the internet stuff is by being local, becoming part of the local community. So I'm so happy you guys are there with an ownership group that obviously understands that, and that that really does please me. So so guys, as go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say a lot of it, I was going to follow up a lot of it, too, that we do and we found works is, you know, it's not just sitting in the studio for four hours. It's taking folks into your home. You know, we do. I do a segment at home where I'm trying to learn how to cook, and it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and terrible. He doesn't do a great job at it, but he, God bless him, he tries. Yeah, but we're on Facebook Live with that, so I think a lot of it is, more, especially now, people want, like we were talking about when we first started talking, how real you are on the air. Um, people want that and maybe bring you in, bring them into your home, you know, bring them into uh, if you're road tripping somewhere, you just fire up Facebook live and it, it's made it really interesting and cool that way and changed radio technology has really helped. It's hurt in some ways because you can stream stations from everywhere. People can get their music anywhere they want to instantly. But mm -hmm. if you can bring content and something that they want to watch, they're still going to come back to you. Uh, that's incredible. So as we, we wrap up this podcast today on radio guy reflections, I want to give you guys an opportunity to to uh, maybe say something ab about each other. What what is great, KT? I want to ask you first. What is great about your wife? First and foremost, is she's patient with me, <laughs> 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 and it's uh, just my idiotic idiotic thoughts and everything. Um, but she's a fantastic mother. I I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how she does it every day. She does a uh, huge amount of the prep for the show and i gotta get I, I gotta get better at doing that and helping her out there um but she not only does that she juggles that his schooling his gym all the side of events that he does and really nash himself and so because he he's a tough kid um and so i just look at her and, and how she how she does that every day i don't know I, I don't know how she does it it's uh it's just it's amazing to me and so i think she's just uh just an amazing woman and an amazing mom Wow, you almost brought a tear to my eye, honestly. Now, Gary, let, let's let's flip the switch. What do you think is great about KT? Well, I mean, he makes a mean bowl of popcorn, so yeah. that right there. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, all kidding aside, and no, he really does. The popcorn is fantastic. I've never had anything like it. But um, 
two, you know, we've had our tiffs throughout the years, and I think in every marriage you do. But at the end of the day, he is always there. He would literally give the shirt off his back for anybody. Um, how he is with Nash, and, and Nash is frustrating, and, you know, being a parent is hard and whatnot, but the the way that he can take Nash from who might be having a meltdown or might be starting to have a meltdown and go from that within seconds to he's on the floor giggling with him and they're laughing their heads off. And it just, I, I there's, there's a level of love that I thought I had prior to having a kid. And then after seeing him be a father, it's just, I mean, I, it's, it's almost more than I can express that how much, love I have and how good of a father he is and and been taking care of me and Nash as a whole. Well, you know, guys, I I am so proud of you. Uh, I knew KT fairly well. Like I said, Carrie, I didn't really know you that well when you guys were in Logan. And I always thought KT was one of the nicest guys I ever worked with. And we always got along, you know, loving wrestling and also classic cars. That that helped a little bit, but I could see how much he cared about people and uh, I am so proud of both of you. I just got to I gotta put that out there that not only do I consider you friends, but I also consider you uh, colleagues and doing very, very good on the radio. And I am really proud of how, how much work, obviously, you guys have put into it. Thank you. Thank we you, appreciate Dave. that. And congratulations on this new venture, man. What, yeah. what, what a cool thing and exciting. I, I'm, uh, I'm almost jealous in a way that you're able to, to kind of tackle that in, the, in a new chapter that's very cool well you know anytime you guys want to uh, hop on board and talk about something uh you're more than welcome because we're going to do this about every week and and you know one of the things i'm, I'm planning on doing is putting interviews that uh, people have had with uh, celebrities uh and that's going to be coming up in, in some other podcast where i've had the interview uh people like mike love of the beach boys tommy smothers of the smothers brothers uh jack blades of night ranger and uh uh, some Three Dog Night people. I've, I've had the opportunity to to meet and talk to several, so I'd like to get to, maybe if you have some some audio, we can uh, put that on in, in future adventures. Yeah, that'd be great. I will definitely send it your way for sure. That is Radio Guy Reflections. We do this about once a week. It's available on uh, most major podcasts, and we also have a Facebook page, Radio Guy Reflections, that anybody who loves radio, whether you've been on the radio or not, You are welcome to join us because we're going to have some really fun things coming up. It's Radio Guy Reflections. I'm Dave Dedden. Thanks for being with us today. And that's Radio Guy Reflections, a podcast about radio and the people behind the microphone. In future podcasts, we'll look at what makes us successful and sometimes a train wreck of a radio show. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. We'll talk with people who started in radio and moved on to success in other fields. Radio Guy Reflections will be back soon with another show about radio and the men and women who produce the radio programs you've loved to listen to. Radio Guy Reflections is a production of Dave's Voice Works.